Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning to you. Hope you have enjoyed the service thus far. And I also hope and pray that you have been taking full advantage of the daily devotionals that our church elders and members have been providing. This morning, I want to bring your attention to a familiar passage to some. Definitely should be one of your focal points to make it a familiar book as we journey through the Proverbs. Draw your attention to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 10 through 13. Amen. There you find these words. Listen, my son, accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the ways of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. For a few moments, I'd like to talk to you on the subject, use your head. Amen. Master, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Give me the strength and clarity to preach to your people that someone would gain the knowledge, gain the wisdom, and with this wisdom, gain an understanding of what you want us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been said that experience is the greatest teacher. Now, a better question would be, what teacher are you learning from? From the one that makes the mistakes and learns from the mistakes or the one that makes the mistakes and never learns from it. Either way it goes, one thing is definitely clear. It is inevitable to go through life without making mistakes. Both also show that wisdom can be obtained. Whether it's the one that's watching the individual grow through situations and go through situations or they've made the mistakes and never learned from them. And someone is able to witness that and know how to handle life. Coming up as a child. We sometimes get caught up in our parents telling us what to do, how to handle things, how to go about cleaning, how to go about working on this, doing this, having our clothes ironed at night so that way we can get ready for the morning. And it felt like they were trying to run our lives. But what they were really doing is giving us wisdom and showing us how to use our heads. And I know for sure for some of us, even if it felt like fussing, could I just give this to you for free? Could it have been that your current position in life is not only alarming to them, but it's also familiar? In other words, they've been where you are. They know how you feel. And trust me, you've heard these sayings before. My grandmother would tell me when I would hear her get up certain kind of ways and she would make, ah, and I say, mama, what's wrong with you? Or I would say that to my mom and she respond to me like my grandmother would she'd say these words keep saying good morning these phrases these sayings were wisdom 
And one specifically that stood out to me was the one that my mom would tell me. And I even tell my kids to this day. She'd say, boy, use your head. Now, that phrase came as a shock to me because I thought about what the Hebrew word wisdom really means. And what it is, is simply the applied knowledge and skill. And what she was really saying is use the applied knowledge and skill that I've already imparted in you for the task. These phrases that you've just heard, including the one I just shared with you, have been spoken so much, though, through generations. It sometimes seems that others are unwilling to listen and gather the wisdom from them. With every attempt of passing on wisdom's benefits and truths, these phrases soon become more of a cliche and a whisper mixed in with the sounds of an attractive and overwhelming world full of misguided and fast-paced influences, which only leads those to follow making them zombies controlled by the pressures of a careless society that feeds off the ever-growing need to be liked or accepted. The regrets of wrong decisions hunting both young and old reminds them of moments when they could have chosen to use wisdom and suffered less or avoided deadly consequences. I was watching a show the other day that's familiar to some of you, that's uh, called Scared Straight. It's full of men and women who are now advocates of wisdom, and they're telling the next generation to change their ways before they end up behind bars like them. What would the world be if more of us would go out and tell somebody to get it together and to scare them straight? Or deeper still, what about the wisdom from the grave? The things that the grave would say to help us before we became residents instead of just visitors. Since I've become a parent and an uncle, uh, a godfather, an uncle, cousin, I too have adopted some of those phrases that have been spoken from our elders. My mom again told me to use your head and I had to think about the definition of not only Wisdom, but I thought about understanding. Understanding is simply having the insight or judgment on how to do something. So without further ado, I want you to look at your neighbor real quick and just tell him, neighbor, use your head. Yes, use the skills and applied knowledge with insight and good judgment. Verse five of Proverbs says to get wisdom. And when you get wisdom, get an understanding. In chapter four, Solomon is talking to the next generation, passing down the truths and wisdom and benefits just like his father David did. You may not have money to pass down. You may not have a car. You may not have money in the bank to give to your kids or a house as an heirloom. But the one thing you can give your children, even the kids that are not your children, the next generation is something valuable, something more valuable than the world can offer. 
you can pass down something better than money, cars, and anything that this side has to offer. Something that would make them not look like what they've been through. You've guessed it. Wisdom. In this outline of chapter 4, verse 1, Solomon says, listen to your father as I have listened to mine. This simply tells me that as believers, we need to listen to generational wisdom. That's found in verses 1 through 3. Then he tells us to listen to the guarantee of wisdom in verses 8 and 9. It really comes down to this one word choice. You can choose to listen to the wisdom of those who have been there and done that and can tell you how to navigate through the world. Or you can choose not to and go with the little instruction you think you have and find yourself swallowed whole by the world that awaits you. I plead with you today. I plead with you this morning as saints of the old generations that are now And I'm pretty sure when I'm gone, generations to come to listen to wisdom. Verse 10 says, listen, my son, accept what I say and listen. Here's the benefit. And the years of your life will be many. Don't just listen to wisdom, but more specifically to the generational wisdom. Watch this. Solomon said he got this information from his father. The same David that we're talking about, and here's the same David that killed a lion, killed a bear, a giant. The song that was saying about him slaying his tens of thousands, he became king. He also became an adulterer. He also was a murderer. He lost some kids due to foolishness. And even after all this, he was still penned in the scripture as a man after God's own heart. Who better to teach Solomon? Even us to pay attention, close attention to the past to prevent reoccurrence in the future. The testimony here is I went through it so that way you don't have to. I've succeeded in some things and I can show you how. I've also failed in some things and I'm not ashamed to tell you because I don't want you to go down the same path that I did. Can I share something with you? Even though you may be afraid to tell your family members, friends or whomever about what you've been through, saying that it's my business. I want to keep it to myself because I don't know want I want people to know how bad and jacked up I really am. It's not your business. It's your testimony. The Bible says we are overcome by the words of our testimony And some of you are victims of rape, you're victims of molestation, you're victims of verbal and physical abuse. Some of you have been addicted to drugs, money, women and gambling. I've said it before and I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face, until the next generation gets it or whomever will be willing enough to hear. It's not your business. It's your time to tell your testimony. A lot of us have to be honest with ourselves. We did not really understand that things can happen to us 
until it actually happened to us. What am I saying? You can watch TV all day, see the news and see everything that comes on that's happening in the world where people are shot, murdered for whatever reason or kidnapped, whatever the case may be. It doesn't really affect you until it hits home. Just like the virus didn't call some of you to wear your mask until either you got it or somebody that was close to you got it or somebody that you knew passed from it. I bet you six feet away now. I bet you got your mask on, not under your nose, but over your nose. But just think. Wisdom does not stop things from happening. That's going to happen naturally. But it does prepare you for when things do happen. You couldn't have stopped the virus from coming, but you got wisdom to protect you because it's here. Use your head. We just came out of a series where our pastor and elder Michael J. talked about Peter walking on water and it shows us that there is wisdom to take from this experience. You can choose to keep your eyes on God, your teacher, your sustainer, your provider, your protection. The reason you are able to do the supernatural or you can take your eyes off of Christ. Begin to listen to the world around you, the winds and the waves and become overpowered and overwhelmed. Yes, it simply comes down to a choice. When you listen to generational wisdom, you can learn from the past. Listen to the guarantee of wisdom in verse eight and nine. Listen to these benefits. If you cherish her, she will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Are you listening? If you're listening to wisdom, let's learn from wisdom. The scripture says, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you on straight paths. I like the way the good news translation says it. It says nothing will stand in your way if you walk wisely. And you will not stumble when you run. Let's be honest. Everything our parents told us to do back in the day absolutely didn't make sense. We probably fought. We probably talked back and end up having fat lips because we didn't want to necessarily iron our clothes the night before. We didn't want to necessarily take out the trash or we felt like it wasn't our turn to wash dishes. So we shouldn't have to. And I've heard this one before. I didn't eat anything. I didn't mess up any dishes. So why do I have to wash dishes? And you probably the one that got the fat lip. Whatever the case may have been, it wasn't until you became an adult that you understood everything your parents or loved ones was teaching you was to prepare you to be an adult. So that way your life would be easy because they knew one day you needed a job. That's why they trained you to set your alarm clock to go to work. That's why they taught you to get your clothes out at night so you don't have to rush getting it done in the morning. You follow what I'm saying? Teaching us how to take that applied knowledge and to be able to have understanding, meaning knowing when and to discern and have good judgment and doing what it is that needs to be done. The best way for me to explain this to you 
is found in the movie that uh, I actually came across uh, back in the day. Um, more specifically, the movie was dated in 1984. And uh, this particular movie featured Daniel LaRusso, who was relocating with his mom from New York to California. On his first day, it was love at first sight. He ends up meeting this girl who he madly, deeply wanted to talk to. And while he was playing soccer, he went over and gazed at her. Later on that night, had a chance to talk to her. So one of his buddies kicked the ball. and He walked over and talked to her. And as I talk about this particular part, I want you to listen to what happens next. Her ex-boyfriend comes out of nowhere with his, his gang of kung fu buddies. And just in case you don't know what I'm talking about, the name of this movie is The Karate Kid. He comes down, Johnny Lawrence, with his buddies from the Cobra Kai. And all of a sudden, he wants to talk to the girl that Daniel's talking to. So he tells him, I want to talk, but this guy won't let me. So he tries to get in the mix and tell him. She doesn't want to talk. So Johnny takes the radio and throws it down and breaks it. And Daniel tries to be the hero and he gets in front of him. But little did he, Daniel know that Johnny was the number one student in the Cobra Kai Dojo. This began the saga that would change both of their lives. Daniel was beaten up that day. And it turned into a series of events that caused him to get beat up several times. Until one day, there was an order put in to the maintenance man, Mr. Miyagi, to come up and fix a faucet. So when he gets to Daniel's apartment, the first thing he notices is Daniel is doing front kicks and looking at a book. This book was a karate book. Daniel had got fed up. And he took matters into his own hands and he wanted to look into finding out how to do karate so he can fight back. Could I lift something up to you real quick? The Cobra Kai's motto is strike first, strike hard, and show no mercy. Isn't it like the world when you don't have guidance when you're trying new things, the world strikes first. It strikes hard. And it, I promise you, it would not show mercy. When you try to do things on your own, you get like Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Matter of fact, Proverbs 3 says, be not wise in your own eyes. But this is exactly what Daniel was doing. Trying to learn something that he needed a teacher to teach him. Mr. Miyagi looks at Daniel's face. He has a black eye. And he said, what happened to your eye? And Daniel replied, I fell off my bike. And then Mr. Miyagi said, I hope the handlebars are all right. <laughs> Shortly after Taking care of his job, Daniel then goes on his journey to find himself at this dance with the girl he likes. 
after he tries to get back at Johnny Lawrence, he takes a water hose and puts it over the stall that Johnny's in, turn the water hose on, and he runs out trying to make his escape. Johnny finds out who it is, gets his buddies, and they chase Daniel all the way home. Daniel gets right at the point of getting over the gate, and all of a sudden, the fight breaks out. Daniel being beat, Mr. Miyagi sees he's been watching. He sees Daniel being beaten. He jumps over the fence very stealth and begins to perform what he knows best. Karate, beating the guys to the point to where they retreat. He takes Daniel inside. Daniel asks Mr. Miyagi, you know karate. Why didn't you tell me? Mr. Miyagi says, you never asked. That day, Daniel asked to be taught Kung Fu, karate, excuse me. And as a result of this, Mr. Miyagi the next day said, you have to make a promise to me that you do what I say. When I said no questions asked. So, of course, for those of you who know the movie, day one, he tells Daniel to wash the car and then he tells him to wax on and wax off. Breathe in, breathe out. He says to Daniel the second day, sand the floor. He gets on his knees and shows him the proper way to sand the floor. Then he concludes by saying, breathe in. And breathe out. The third day he had Daniel to paint the house. Telling him side to side. And correcting his techniques. If you fail to do it sloppy. Day four. He had him paint the fence. Long strokes. Up. Down. Breathe in. Breathe out. Frustrated by all the chores and hard work that Mr. Miyagi was giving him. He knew. He had a tournament coming up in two months and he was not convinced he was learning karate. And at the point where he wanted to give up and throw in a towel, he cussed Mr. Miyagi out and said, I'm done. Mr. Miyagi tells him, Daniel, son, come here. And everything he told him to do in the beginning is about to all make sense. Daniel was about to realize Mr. Miyagi was teaching him karate all along. But what he had to do with these chores was give him a chance to develop muscle memory so he can teach him the ways of old. Just as he's about to walk off, he tells him, sand the floor. I wish I had somebody to follow me on this one. So quite naturally, Daniel gets on the floor and tries to sand. He's saying, no, no, no. Always keep your eyes up here. And then he shows him and instructs him how to sand the floor. And then he says, show me wax on, wax off. When he showed him wax on, wax off, wax off, he ends up putting his hand in front of him. And Daniel did what he needed to to block. Then, of course, he's dead. Paint the fence side to side. And he's showing him always strong. Keep your arms strong. And then he showed him paint the house. Correcting this technique, he started to realize that there was a method to the madness and that all along these chores were just bits and pieces of wisdom that he was giving him to download. That's when he needed to take this applied knowledge and use the insight and judgment to have it all together. 
So Mr. Miyagi takes a deep breath, comes up to Daniel, and he starts this fist and kick fury. And all of a sudden, Daniel knows exactly what to do, when to do it without thinking. The wisdom that was downloaded, he was using his head. Can I lift it up to you? Spiritually, we get frustrated, too, because in life, the world, just like the Cobra Kai, strikes first, strikes hard and shows no mercy. But God has sent someone in your life who's been watching you from afar, who did not want you to suffer the consequences of not having a teacher to show you how to live or more specifically learn spiritual kung fu. Someone had tried to put you under their wings, but you had to make a decision whether or not you wanted to listen to wisdom. I'm thankful today that somebody taught me how to sand the floor, which is to stay on my knees when things get rough. When things are rough, I need to smooth them away with prayer. If I have some problems in my household, I need to start sanding the floor. If I'm having some confusion at my job, I need to start sanding the floor. If I know for sure that my past is haunting me, the, the guilt and regrets of what I've done is, is weighing on me pretty heavy. I need to get on my knees and sand the floor. Not only do I need to sand the floor, but I need to learn how to wax on and wax off. The Bible says foolish and unlearned conversations avoid. Paint the house side to side, fits up and down. It's simply the encouragement found in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 that says, And I am convinced that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, no fears today or worries tomorrow shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Or maybe you're not a 1984 Karate Kid viewer. Maybe you're used to Jaden Smith, the new Karate Kid with Jackie Chan when Jaden had a problem with putting his coat up. Jackie Chan told him to hang your coat up, take it down, put it on, put it on the floor, hang your coat up. You need to learn how to cast your cares upon Jesus, not to social media. Not to a place where they're going to degrade you, not going to give you affirmation, but talk about you where it's full of negative opinions. But you need to know the right place to cast your cares upon. And when the world comes your way, you need to know how to shake the world off and throw the stuff that don't make you any better down. I wish I had someone that can walk with me on the remainder of this story. When we get to the tournament, the tournament ends up being one of the most fiercest tournaments that Daniel had ever experienced before in his life. The hardest thing for him to do was to get through all Cobra Kai members to get to Johnny Lawrence. That was the final match. Due to a series of unfortunate events, Daniel was illegally hit, caused to suffer from a hit to the leg. And it was at this point where the sensei, Mr. Kreese, tells Johnny to sweep the leg. Because now Daniel is up on the scorecards. And right when Daniel was about to win, Johnny Lawrence said, I can beat him. 
And Mr. Cree said, sweep the leg. Sweeping the leg, Daniel's on the floor. They take him back, and Mr. Miyagi tells him how much of a good job he did. And Daniel said, do you think I could have won? Mr. Miyagi tells him, win or lose, you've proven yourself. And he said, what have I proven? That I can take a beating? If I don't go out, I'll never be able to face them. And I believe in my spiritual imagination that Mr. Miyagi likes some of us who are older, teaching the young how to live life, have to learn how to do what Mr. Miyagi did. Knowing that Daniel was eager to go out and to still face the world, Mr. Miyagi slapped his hands together. And he began to perform his healing virtues. What that signified to me is the power of prayer. Because there is going to be some times in your life when the world is going to strike first, strike hard and show no mercy to the point to where it does not care if it's going to be disqualified for doing something dirty. It's not going to fight fair. But you need to listen to someone that will pray for you. Not only teach you how to face the world. Not only teach you what they know, but someone who will pray for you. And I believe also that it was because of the relationship that Daniel and Mr. Miyagi developed on him trusting him to teach him that the very next step in Daniel's match led to the very thing that he had watched Mr. Miyagi do. It was at the final match that was cued to begin. After Daniel took a series of hits that did not count, he finally got pushed out of the ring only to be set up one more time. And it was at this point he remembered watching Mr. Miyagi perform a very unique technique. The crane technique is what they called it. Both hands went out up in the air and his leg went up. Now, if you can't see what's going on, I don't know what you're watching. But God messed me up with that one because that was just to me signifying the cross. How your teacher, the one that passes the wisdom down to you, not only prays for you, but tells you about the cross. And it's the effects of the cross that gives us a right to the tree of life, which all alone, all alone is derivative from relationship, generational wisdom passed down from centuries. More so specifically from the book of Genesis, when the prophetic word was said that you serpent, Cobra Kai, the world will bruise the heel, but he will crush your head. And it was that final kick to Johnny Lawrence's head that ended the final match. Are you listening to wisdom? Because if you're listening from wisdom, you'll learn from wisdom. And if you're learning from wisdom, you'll learn how to lean on wisdom. The Bible tells us Chapter 3, 
verse five and six to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The reality simply is this. You always have a choice to choose to do what the world says to do and keep your mind and keep in mind that the world will strike hard, strike first and show no mercy. Or you can choose to hold on to wisdom, to do what the scripture says, to protect it because it will protect you. It will provide for you and it will remain with you no matter what you face. You are equipped to face the world. You are equipped to face the Cobra Kai, the serpent of old, the same one that Jesus took care of over 2,000 years ago on the cross. Listen to wisdom. Learn from wisdom. And lean on wisdom. God bless you.